On behalf of a wholeness podcast and the Yoga Barber, we would like to acknowledge the traditional custodians on the land in which this podcast is being recorded, the Gunai Kurnai Nation. We pay our respects to their elders, past, present and emerging, and extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islanders. Welcome to a wholeness podcast. A healthy home for hair professionals and our clients. I'm your host, Fliss Downs, aka The Yoga Barber. Come on in. Hey, hey, beautiful beings, how are you going? Firstly, I would like to take this moment to say this podcast is proudly sponsored by Earth and Soul Pizza. So if you are local to or traveling through Bairnsdale, use my promo code LOVEFLISS. That's L-O-V-E-F-L-I-S-S and get yourself a free large pizza when you buy one. With locally sourced produce and food exceptionally made by the team at Earth and Soul Pizza, be sure to get your wholesome, blissful pizza. Now, for today's episode, I welcomed Lee Windsor onto the podcast back in September, a man who leads with his presence. Whether that be in silence sitting on the side or vocalising his thoughts, beliefs, knowledge and wisdom. An award-winning barber, educator, coach for hair professionals and a podcast host with his friend Owen McCarthy, who I spoke with back in episode 17. I was actually really nervous to speak with Lee because I highly respect him even though I barely know him. He has this presence about him which is so captivating, intriguing and he's full of curiosity but when I began to talk to him I instantly felt at ease. With multiple years behind him and at times fearing to take up space he's now embarking on a journey of no longer judging himself and allowing himself to take up space. I can't wait to see where his journey takes him and now I welcome you to mine and Lee's conversation. So good to connect with you so thank you so much for jumping on and all sorts. I don't really actually have a specific direction for this. I was like you know what let's just jump on and see where the conversation goes. I've done a little bit of research and looked on your 101 website and read your bio, started listening to your podcast with Owen as well. And then I've just learned a little bit more about you through Owen, basically. And that's about it. Fantastic. That's a good place to start. I mean, I'm I'm the same with my kind of podcast. I don't do too much research. Mm. I just like to go in open to see where the uh, see where the conversation goes. Yeah, absolutely. Completely. Well, do you know what? One thing that I know Owen mentioned in episode 17, when he first met you, he said, I noticed how Lee held his boundaries and just didn't follow the crowd. And at first he was like, well, you know, this dude's cool, but you know, I'm a bit confused by why he doesn't get involved with these things. And so Mm. from that, I was like, okay, so Lee's somebody that is maybe sort of sits on the side, witnesses things, glides along, takes it all in, and you actually feel content just within yourself that you don't feel like the need to follow everybody else and you're on your own journey. And that's what I've that's what I've got so far from Owen saying to me about how he met you. Yeah. Yeah, it's very true. Um yeah, I, I listened to a bit of the podcast that you guys did as well, and I heard him say that. And, and it's, yeah, that's exactly how I've been through my whole life now. I think to preface that, I was actually already, I think I was like 26 or 27 when I met him. Mm. 
-hmm. So I'd already done a lot of life, like developing myself. It wasn't like I was some sort of like 20 year old kid who just was glazed over by all of the stuff going on around me. So yeah, I've always been a guy that assesses the situation. I'll look at what's going on here. Does that align with my values? If it's a no, people laugh at me for this. If it's a no, I, it's a hard no for me. <laughs> if it, if I'm like, nah, I don't want to do it. It's like, I'm just, nope, I'm not doing it. Yeah. So yeah, I've always been that way a little bit. And that's just come from doing the deep work, really mm -hmm. trying to keep my energy in a certain place, mm -hmm. not trying not to do things that don't align. Um, yeah. and, and I think downstream now, uh, you know, years on, I've realized that's one of the ultimate forms of leadership. Mm. Like if you can stay centered at, in any given moment, that's like what they call stage five leadership, which is like the ultimate form. Mm -hmm. I didn't even know that was happening at the time. It was probably me just being so stubborn in my values. But if, yeah, yeah that and it worked, right? Because the whole idea of level five leadership is for it to rub off on other people. And it worked rubbed mm. off on Owen so yeah and one day he got curious ah so how did you do that and, and and that's the whole idea of it so yeah that's the power of that and I, yeah yeah, yeah. I love it you talk about your values and things and you was mm. about that 25 26 when you first met Owen mm -hmm. take me back or do you remember that time when you actually started learning about values because I know in my journey, prior to me going on this personal development, self-discovery, self-growth journey, which was actually, for me, about the 25, 26 years old when I came over to Australia, um, I never heard of values. I didn't even know what values were. I didn't even know it's such a thing. So do you remember that moment where you started to learn about what values are? I do. I, rem I, I almost remember the day. Um, I was 23 and I'd just gone through... An interesting relationship. And it's funny how life throws you these meanders and weaves you in different ways. And yeah, it was confusing to me. I'd come up in a situation which I didn't understand the other person's behavior because I just didn't know mm -hmm. enough about behavior and psychology yet. And it was very confusing to me. And uh, it was around the time when like, YouTube was starting to get big and people started posting these interesting quotes online. Yeah, And yeah, there was a guy, um, he's actually from London, uh, a guy called Suli, and he was a spoken word artist. Mm -hmm. And he would, he would put out like these five minute videos of spoken word, uh, but almost in um, like, he, he was big into the church and stuff like that. Now I'm, that wasn't my background, but for some reason it resonated. I was like, hmm, this guy's got some interesting values. I, I understood his value system. Right. And that then started the curiosity of, okay, I'm going to follow this deeper. And then I just went deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper and found different people to listen to and follow. And it started there. So that was 10 years ago now. Um, yeah, it's been a journey. <laughs> yeah, so you're now my age, 33, 34 then? Just turned 33 two days ago. So we Happy have, birthday. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Good old 33. Um, I love being 33. I love getting older, you know. <laughs> oh, same. I, I fully embrace it. And uh, yeah, I say that to a lot of people. That's one of the big, again, one of the big values I have myself is to embrace aging because there's so much wisdom that comes with aging. I think yeah. one of the like plagues of our time is everybody running from their age. 
you know, well, if we run from our age, who, what role models are we going to have? Well, I don't want to look up to someone who's 50, 60, who, who, who's ashamed of their age. What a like low vibrational place to be in. That's not inspiring to me. I'm like, what's wrong with being that age? Mm -hmm. So yeah, I'm fully, fully embracing it. And the 33 is quite interesting. It's a synchronized number. And yes. since the whole Lionsgate thing that happened in August, the 888 thing, yeah. with the moon so there was this oh there was yes sorry the yes, yes, yes. So there was a thing called lion's gate didn't we and it only yeah. comes around and we, i think isn't it like another 40 years until another one of them comes along i think so yeah and, and, and it was like a really powerful time for transformation and stepping into new things and i i did a full moon ceremony did a bit of like an intention setting thing and, and it was 888 there was other things that happened on, on the eights and mm -hmm. since then i've had synchronicities every day and I screenshot, it was like numbers, I screenshot them. And last week it happened six times in four days. And it was ridiculous. Everybody around me, I'm like, look, it's happening again. It's happening again. So there's something weird going on right now. Uh, with I feel people. that. Yeah. And same with my age. Like I just turned 33. Um, and the, like the t 21st day of the month, if you've had the two and the one, that's a three. So it's it's really weird how it's all working. Yeah, synchronicity is a very mm. interesting thing, right? Yeah, yeah. I was actually um, talking about the word synchronicity. Um, I began to read a book and unfortunately I left it on a bus and I never got it back. And I I started writing notes in it as well. And it's called The Synchronicity of Leadership. I can't remember the writer's name right now, but it is so fascinating. Once you start becoming aware of, let's say, like yourself, the, the numbers, and that's what I've been noticing and I've been seeing like triple threes, triple twos and triple fives. They've been my numbers recently. And once you start noticing them, it just starts coming along. And it's a bit like when you start opening yourself up to connections or new ways and things just start flowing and coming into alignment and things synchronize. And it's a very interesting space, but you only start noticing it once you actually become awake to it. 100% and most of the power is in the allowance right like you you have to be open to allowing it to happen and I actually shared this with my mum I went back to the UK in July or August yeah and I shared it with her and all of a sudden it started happening to her something like triggered she was just open to the idea finally yeah and she just keeps sending me these screenshots it happened again it happened again it happened again and I was like that's because you allowed it you might have only allowed it once, but now your physiology starts to resonate with that. And yeah. uh, it's amazing what happens af after that. It's incredible. And had, had your mum put in a bit of a blind up to this, the idea of this in the past, what do you think switched for her to now start seeing this? Yeah, I, I think a lot of people do, don't they? I think yeah. until you experience it, a lot of people put the, put the shield up and think, oh yeah, it's a load of crap. But that puts an energetic block on it. I think it was just through my experience, again, just being like, oh, look, it's happened again. It's happened again. And then she was like, well, this is happening a bit too much. And then opened herself up to it. And now it's happening for her too, which is really cool. Amazing. So in terms of where you are at right now, I know that obviously chatting to Owen and listening a bit to your podcast as well, that Unlimited podcast, which is out now. You're on episode zero and episode one is out mm. right now. And, and by the time this episode goes out, which will probably be in November, because I've got 
several shows to come up prior to releasing this one. I'm going to take us back to the journey of you finding out about these values and things. Mm. And then going on from that, what was your journey from there onwards then? In terms of this last decade, it appears from an outsider and somebody that doesn't really know you, that you've done a hell load of work and you've just got deeper and deeper into your intuitions, into knowing who you are, your values, your direction, what you want in life. What was your journey through that? It's a really interesting one. Um, I think it was mostly a self-led journey, but with the assistance of books I've read like up on here on my shelf there's god knows there's probably like 50 different books up there on spirituality and self-development and all sorts of interesting ways to think and yeah I think I've again like I was saying before I've always been a person to assess my environment and if I'm not vibing with the environment I'll go back to what I've learned and we just spent four days with Tony Robbins in Sydney. Yeah, I his, saw that. Doing Unleash the Power Within course. And he explained it in a really cool way. He calls it like full immersion. So one of the keys, there's he's got this formula for success. And one of them is, is full immersion. Mm-hmm. And I think that's been my trick is to just fully immerse. Mm. Just learn the thing and implement fast and fully immerse myself in that practice and practice and practice it, practice it, practice it, and debrief it, what comes up, what worked, what didn't, what do I want to keep, what do I want to get rid of, and then I go again. And I think it's interesting, the hair world has been a great playground for that, because as you know, it's not the easiest place to be when you think this way, because it's such a one-track-minded place to be. And Ram Dass said it great, he said, use your work as your path to enlightenment, and that's what I think, what I've subconsciously done is I've used my environment as my path to enlightenment. And it's been, a, like I say, it's been a great playground for that. I've tested things on certain people. I've said certain things and what do they say back to me and how did that work and all that kind of stuff, which is really cool. Um, yeah, I think that's how it all unfolded for me. Mm-hmm. And it's just deepened and deepened and deepened. And there's been a lot of trust in it. And again, yeah. I look around to the people around me and, and where I've come from and the things I've done. And I, I just don't like what I see. You know, if I'm really honest, I think, no, I don't like what I see. So I'm going to try and carve a new way. Um, yeah. and that's not easy. It's not always easy. It can get quite lo- lonely. I, I had a I had a conversation with a client yesterday about this and mm-hmm. he's on the path. You know, there's, there's times in your development when you feel like you're on a rocket ship. Sometimes it just goes really fast and then sometimes it doesn't. And sometimes you're just feeling all the emotions at once. Like I've got a client who for the last six months, he's been on the rocket ship and he's like, like does, can't slow it down. Yeah. And and he brought that to me. He said like, what, what do I do when I can't find the people around me? And, and and I said, what comes up? And he was like, loneliness, it feels lonely. And I was like, yeah, I feel you there. It can feel lonely. But I said, you can flip that script. That's leadership right there. Again, thinking back to my experiences, if you can stay centered, as you, that's the ultimate leadership because the butterfly effect from that is huge. And it's so empowering. You can be that person and and stay centered. And and the the kind of, I can't remember where I heard this, but it was like, if if you ever feel lonely in life and and you think, why aren't people in my 
world realize that it's it might not be their story like you're not trying to fit their story think maybe it's your book you're the main character of your story they're just in your book i was like that's a really cool way to think about it because then it stops the feeling of loneliness it's like ah this is my story they just get to be a part of it when they come into it like a great book so i just shared that with him and i think that's where i've gone with it as well nice in terms of your client feeling that sense and you feeling the loneliness in the past as well. On this personal development journey, I actually wrote, personal development and self-growth industry plays plays on people's insecurities, and this turns out to be toxic positivity, right? Mm-hmm. And I was thinking about this journey of personal growth and where I'm at right now, and, and the thing that I found is... I'm lonely in a sense that I don't have people around me that I connect with and resonate with. And I'm trying to find these people that want the deep, meaningful conversations that are on the spiritual path, that are wanting to lead and find action within the world. And recent, recently I've gone, actually, I'm not lonely because I've got myself and that's all what I need. As long as I'm content with myself and where I'm at, that's all that needs to be. And mm. when I started finding peace and calm within that, weirdly coming back to synchronicity and alignment, like these contacts and connections like yourself and Owen and Rebecca, she's over in Sweden, Tracy, she's in Melbourne as well. All these contacts have started coming through to me. And I'm like, oh, these are my kind of people it's just that they're online they're not here in person because the location that I find myself in the physical location here in Bairnsdale this isn't the space necessary for the tribe and the people that I'm necessarily looking for or want to be navigating life with and coming to that center of being that's okay yeah and I guess the way that you explain it in terms of you are your own book that's you and then all these other people come and go and things um, so that's a really nice way to look at it, actually. Mm-hmm. I've, I've got I, I, the reason I feel so power, powerfully about that is because I had to reframe it for myself. I felt the same as you. I got my residency visa in a small town called Colac in regional Victoria, which has got about 10,000 people living there. And I felt the same thing. I was like, where are these people? So I had to flip the script. And, and my le- kind of learnings over the years is... If, if I ever felt lonely, I feel like for me, that became very selfish about me. Whereas if, if I switch that to service, it becomes about other people. And what is the service? The service is leadership. So if I can stay so centered as me, regardless of this, of who's around me, then that that's the ultimate level of service. And I study the Tao quite a lot. So I read like the Tao Te Ching and, and those kinds of ancient teachings. And there's a great line in there that, that talks about the man who can be happy with less is the happiest man. They say man, but they mean person. The person who can be content with less generally is the most happy or successful person. And and that I, I feel like that plays into that for me. If, if that is one of my values, uh, I try to practice that. It's just being happy with less. doesn't mean I wouldn't strive for more, but if I don't get more, I'm, I'm still okay. And and that comes to the loneliness piece. It's like, if I don't have the people around me, I'm okay. I, I'm also okay, you know, because I still have a level of service, whereas being a, a stage five leader, which is kind of cool. Mm. Mm. Um, but it's, again, 
you know, that thought creeps in. I think it's conditioning as well. And we're taught that, yeah, you need all these friends and that's what life's about. And it's like, yeah, we're social creatures. I, I think I spoke about this on one of our podcasts. Like I challenge that idea sometimes as well. Like we need all of these social connections and we're social beings. Yeah, only if it brings you joy and it resonates, you know, mm. I think it's yeah. okay to have solitude as well oh um, absolutely completely mm. and this is the thing actually and you may be able to relate I think you will do I find being in this industry and as you know I'm in the the sponsorship route towards permanent residency too but being in this industry can be so socially exhausting and mm. it literally drains all your energy out and come the end of the day, I feel like my soul has been deflated and evaporated and just disappeared. Yeah. And I get home and I'm just like, I need to go to bed. <laughs> just need to sleep because I'm so socially exhausted. But yet a lot of that social exhaustion has come down to, as you might be aware, because I know that you said this in your episode with Owen, is these conversations about weather and holidays and things are just not soulful. And so when you're having these conversations at work or seeing so many people that maybe don't you don't necessarily resonate with, but you're in the act of serving, how that can really socially train you. But then knowing that, okay, like at the end of the day, I know I can come home to myself and I can be in that solitude environment. But it, it is that journey of going, who do you want to be connecting with and also knowing that along your journey throughout life, we are going to connect with people that aren't necessarily on our level, but that's okay too, because you're mm. still having a human experience. You're still having a conversation with someone. You're still building a rapport, whether or not that rapport goes anywhere into the future, but still it's just two people having a human experience and having a human connection at some point in life, you know? Mm. Yeah, I totally feel you there. Like, uh, you know, I we've had this chat before and I, I've experienced that a lot in my career and I had to try and find a way to get myself out of that as well. And years ago, I picked up a book. Um, it was written by a clairvoyant and, and he, he was saying in this book about there's a lot of mediums who actually don't learn to cleanse their energy. And, and I resonate with that so much. I was like, wow, like, yeah, I, I need to learn a bit of this. I'm taking on... 10 12 15 people's energy every day and i have no cleansing practice yeah i meditate i used to do a lot of yoga and i'm going to the gym and i'm doing this but there's not an element of cleansing in there there's just an element of calming or regulation and so yeah i, I learned to do the energetic bubble where you almost zip up the bubble and it's like ah, oh, it can't get me um but then i found that a little bit uh ignorant i used to have this fear of being ignorant very, okay. very strange, very strange fear. I was like, I don't want to be the guy that just walks around just blind to everything. Um, and yeah, the way I look at it now is I'm so fortunate. I'm at a point in my life where I get to choose how often I'm in those environments. And it, and it had to come to that point eventually. I had to get to a point where I could choose. Because again, you become who you surround yourself with. You become your environment and... I don't care how mentally strong we think we are, it leaches into us, the energy, that energy leaches into us. And uh, yeah, and I, I can feel myself getting more and more that way and just the general complaints that most people have. And 
I just didn't want to be that kind of person. So then my focus shifted to work to a point where I could choose how often I'm in those scenarios and curate an environment that did light me up, that did give me energy. Like I did 10 haircuts yesterday and I left energized. I left thinking, wow, I still feel good. I could still have a good conversation, but it's because I put so much work into curating that space. Yeah. And my clients know when they sit in my chair, we're not there for small talk. Most of them just go straight in the rabbit hole. Some of them even sit down and ask me, what are you going to teach me today? <laughs> and it's so funny, but I totally resonate with you. Like one of the mechanisms I used to use was just curiosity. I just get curious and again, use my work as my path to enlightenment and just try and understand how on earth people got to the point of complaining about the weather. How did yeah. we get there? I know. It's, one of it's, the such a, it's a very British thing, isn't it? Like it, it is, and it's but it's such a beautiful pattern of life. Like the weather is such a beautiful pattern. If you really see the beauty in it, there's nothing to complain about because we need all of the seasons. Yeah. Um and, you know, I, I start to learn about permaculture and, and all these kinds of things that I love all that kind of stuff. And it's like, wow, when you realize the power of the seasons, it's incredible. It opens your mind up to the to life and I would just get curious. I'd be like, I, I used to say really funny things to my clients, like Owen would attest to this. I used to say the funniest stuff to my clients. And he was like, whoa, how on earth did you say that to that person? I'd be like, were you around this time last year? And they were like, what, winter last year? I'm like, yeah. I'm like, was it cold then? They were like, yeah. I was like, so what do you think makes it going to be any different this year? And they're like, oh. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know? Have you been in a winter before? Oh, yeah. I'm like, well, it's cold every winter, isn't it? Yeah. And I, I just used to say funny stuff like that to them just to bring like a lightness and a perspective yeah. to it. And yes. that and it that's that mind, doesn't it? And they're like, oh, yeah, yeah I've experienced like, winter. Oh, how many years have I been on this earth? Yeah, oh, yeah. oh, like 29. Oh, I've experienced 29 winters. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, you survived that one. You're going to survive this one. <laughs> I'm like, I just, I, I kind of, so many people are just so like uh, thinking right now, they can't really get out of there right now. Yeah. I like the long, long-term thinking as well, like in the future. I'm like, this is going to happen next year again. And again, and again, and again, and it's going to be cold then and cold again. So if we go about life in that way, it's just a low vibration place to be. Let's yeah. turn it to a place of like abundance and be like, wow, I love this winter because there's so much to do in the winter. There's so much gain to be had, especially here in Australia. Mm. I do a lot of cold therapy, right? I do a lot of cold showers and ice and all that kind of stuff. The water's not cold enough here in the summer for a cold shower. So the winter, I'm like, come alive. This is cold therapy time. And that's when I do a lot of my best nervous system conditioning is in the winter. Yeah. But who's thinking about that? Oh, it's just cold today. Like, yeah, we can come from a place of lack if we want to. <laughs> or we can Absolutely. see bring it bring love to it and, and see the positives in it so tony robbins said this at the event which i'm probably going to destroy a lot of his quotes but he says all, all things are always available lack is always available abundance is always available you can always find both which one are you going to choose and that's just how i come at life now i'm like yeah the shit is always available if you yeah. want it you can always find it so absolutely absolutely and so tell me more about tony robbins event because I mean, I've done, um, I'm trying to think of the name of the online course he did back in January or February, I did it. It was like a seven day course. I can't remember what it's called. So I did that. I think it was something like Unleash, uh, Unleash. Yeah, Unleash the Power Within. 
Yeah. Is that, is the, that the online the seven day online course? Well, I think you can do it in person and online. We just did it in person, but he does do an online version yeah, as well. Yeah, I have to find out what yeah. it is. So anyway, I did that and I've been following Tony Robbins probably since the beginning of my personal development journey back in 2015 is when I properly started on this journey. And um, I've always wanted to go to one of his in-person shows because of that high vibration I got that energy even just by doing an online seven-day course with him. And I actually didn't realise, or it wasn't that I didn't realise, I wasn't expecting Tony Robbins to be the person that he was when he actually started talking. Because online, we see Tony Robbins to be this person like, everybody say, I, and then the whole audience go, all right. Like, yeah. <laughs> and so I witnessed this version of Tony completely different to how I was imagining him to be and I thought he was so much more humble than what, what he what I thought he was going to be the way that he cries at times just because he's in joy of what he's talking about or he gets emotionally involved with somebody's story is just profound so yeah what was your experience like I can just imagine you could have felt so much energy physically feeling it but I'm just getting that because that's how I think that I would feel when I'm there so what was your experience of it it was exactly like you say it was electric it was like electric four days and just on those points that you shared there um they would those were two quite uh transformational moments for me as you'd be familiar with the yoga and the meditation the breath work for me is a down regulator so I can calm I, I calm myself with those things but I rarely did I have a practice to bring myself back up. Now, I, I, I do study Qigong and there's different energizing breathwork patterns, but I never really used them a lot. I, I usually used them to downregulate. And I didn't realize the power of bringing the energy back up to peak state in a positive way. Because I always used to think about, oh, if, if, well, if I'm in a heightened state, I'm, I'm in a heightened stress. But if I'm in a heightened peak positive state, they they look quite similar, but they feel very different. Mm -hmm. And that was one of the transformational moments. I'm like, I need to use this. I can I could downregulate to gain control of my nervous system again, but then I can bring it back up, like yeah. at will. So that was game changer, and it was electric. And you you know what it's like twelve hour days, and you're just buzzing from start to finish. And it was that shift in physiology. But to your point of how he gets so emotionally invested, I really had a transformational moment in the way that I facilitate as well. And what I realized was he doesn't try to meet you as in, in equal trauma. So there, there, there was somebody explaining their explanation of um, their conditions around relationship. They had a relationship that couldn't last more than three months. So like any relationship I get in doesn't last more than three months. So what I might do previously is try and match the scenario and go, oh yeah, well, I, I, I've I had that similar thing and this is what worked for me. He doesn't do that. Right. He just lets you hold it. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what makes it so powerful mm. is he doesn't say, oh yeah, but, and when that happened to me, I did this and I did this. He lets you own it, you have it. And he's just like that dad figure that holds a beautiful space for you and and will just give you little prompts and little things to take you deeper take you deeper take you deeper and then eventually you come out the other side 
switch repeat state and then it's a physiology change that was massive for me i was like wow that i'm going to bring that into my world in my coaching and training space and really hold space even better for people now yeah along with myriad other transformations that i had <laughs> yeah yeah definitely would you recommend it to anybody 100 anybody, and oh, anybody. Any, anyone yeah I, I would say just go with an open mind and you'll get something oh for sure for sure I've, I've heard i've had one person say to me he just keeps on going the show starts at 8am and he's still going at midnight and some people end up walking out the show did that happen did you witness that yeah lots so there's um there's like a facebook group for the asia pacific shows and the amount of people that were saying like oh my partner's left like had a breakthrough couldn't handle it like all this kind of stuff and yeah th there were people leaving i reckon day two there were people leaving two-thirds of the way through the day they just maybe didn't think that the end session was very important or yeah it was very very interesting to see yeah. um but we were like we're staying every minute like we're just gonna be there so um, it's you and owen just you two yeah we, we went with another friend as well um I, I hadn't actually met him before so that was a really interesting way to meet somebody new yeah. in this going through this experience together and i feel like that created a really strong bond actually um, yeah really cool really cool way to get to know someone especially be a male as another male to be that vulnerable yeah. and open to start your relationship was very interesting way to do it um yeah it was great really good amazing i definitely want to go one day definitely was you there until midnight how late does he go on like is yeah. that actually true yeah yeah so first day we got there we registered at 7 30 a.m and we didn't leave till midnight because we did the uh we did the fire walk on the first night yeah so we, we walked over the hot coals and that you're, you're outside there's like nine thousand people outside at midnight all doing the chant the clap and if anyone walked by they'd think it was a cult but it was all about it's all about peak state visualization changing physiology um yeah really getting the mind focused oh it was magic yeah really magic amazing uh you and then also one thing that you kept on saying so far is stage five leadership now mm. this is a term i've not heard before so have you learned this through a business or your coach or a course that you've gone on or you go to these online questionnaires and you tick the boxes and then out at the other end it says you're like this type of person tell me more about stage five leadership yeah Stage five leadership is really powerful. And I think essentially we're all stage five leaders in a certain way, right? The, the explanation of it is you being who you are, staying true to your values, regardless of the scenario. So when, when, when they say stage five leadership, the examples are usually like Buddha or Jesus or someone like that, you know, Gandhi or someone who are just themselves all the time, regardless, they don't care who they're in front of. That's stage five leadership. That's true embodiment of yeah. your values, your mission, and and what you believe in. The thing, the, the trap that I think we're falling into in this modern day is we're using leadership as a tool. Mm -hmm. Now, that's not a bad, I don't think it's a bad thing, but it's not always 100% embodied because I hear people talk about leadership and they're using it sometimes, but that's a slippery slope. And so level four leadership is learning how to use it and turn it on as a tool and hold space and all that kind of stuff. Stage five is being it all the time. 
is just truly embodying it all of the time. And some people get confused about who a stage five leader might be. And some people use the example of a president or someone like this, that the problem with those guys is they're on a pedestal and they're not amongst the people. Now, the Taoist text explains it in terms of stage five leader is the leader amongst the people. So if you can just be amongst the people, because that's how you have the strongest effects, right? If you're just going about your everyday life and you are in your values, in your power, that's how you have the most effect. Not sitting on your perch somewhere or in a cave or on your throne or whatever, because you're not around the people. Yeah. You might be saying, oh, this is how to do it, but you're not amongst the people embodying it. And that's stage five leadership. And yeah, I, I really love I love it. I love it because that's what I want to practice. I don't ever want to get to a point where I'm sitting on a bloody throne or anything like that. I just want to deepen my understanding and my knowledge so I can be amongst the people yeah. and and yeah, show that, embody that. And and I think that's why I've been doing that subconsciously for a long time. Um, one out of stubbornness and two just knowing my true north star like what my values are yeah, yeah. and what I want to care about yeah, yeah. that's what it is mm. Mm. there's something that I heard recently and or read I can't remember what it was and it said you should not be able to tell who the leader is in a group and <laughs> Instantly, I said to myself, that's the type of leader I want to be. I don't want to be noticed as the leader. Because if you're all amongst a group of people, actually, you shouldn't really, you know, it's saying you shouldn't really recognize who the leader is. A good leader shouldn't be recognized in the group. Does that make sense? 100%. And because I, you I think about all the people we pedestal, they're overly recognized. Yeah. Or they're righteous or they think they're entitled. And I don't want to be this person. I don't want to be this type of leader that has been so known to society. And this is the leader. And let's take, for instance, bosses in, in an office. They come in, they order you around. They then go and sit in their office and drinking their coffee all day long with their feet up on the desk, watching the people do the work. That's not a leader in my mind. No. That's no. not the type of leader I want to be. I want to be a leader where I want to be amongst a group of people where nobody could even find who the leader was. You know, for me, and that that gets back to my point, using leadership as a tool. So for the boss, the boss would turn the leadership hat on when they need to. They might come out and empower the team. Come on, guys, we can do this. But then goes and sits in the office and chucks his feet up and starts sipping the coffee when everybody else is busting balls around him. It's what are you embodying in every moment? And I've been saying this for years, like in every moment we have a responsibility on how we show up. And that's essentially what are you embodying in every moment? And so, yeah, that's what it is. I, I feel being able to show up who, who you are and, and then the butterfly effect of that, the, the energetic rub off of that mm -hmm. is massive. And, and even more important, it's what are you embody, embodying when no one's around? That's the big one. Because if you are still you when no one's around, that's true embodiment. And that's when you know you're not using embodiment as a tool mm -hmm. because only embodying leadership when people are around is using it as a tool. That's like yeah. putting another mask on, which again could be addictive. Oh, Why are we putting the mask on? Because we might get notoriety, we might get acknowledgement, all that kind of shit. But it's when you can let go of identifying as a leader and just do it whether, you know, it, it's it's always that, you know, 
it's what are you doing when the doors are closed? What are you doing when nobody's around? You know, and, and yeah. I think that's why I've always been the way I, I am because I'm just always the same. Mm. Like this morning, I'm up, I go to the gym, I do my breath work, I do this, cold immersion, you know, whatever. It's like, I said it on my last podcast, I forget what day it is sometimes because I'm just embodying the same shit all the time. Yeah. Um, and it took me a long time to work out what my true North Star was, what my preference is and how do I design a life that gets me more of those things more of the time that raises my vibration that raises my fulfillment my joy in life and that's what that's then when it becomes easy to be a level five leader because i'm not looking to other people to be like oh are they more happy than me are they more joyous than me are they going to give me more acknowledgement i don't really care because i've, I've got my yeah. own system which yeah. is really cool it's very powerful oh absolutely completely i've definitely witnessed throughout my journey within the hair industry and even you know i've been in and out of the industry so you and i have been in the industry for pretty much the same time like i guess you started when you were 16 as well yeah i was like 15 i think it was like year 10 or year 11 at yeah, okay. um, yeah. and then you know i was just a saturday boy making yep. making tea yep. sweeping up hair and then i just gradually transitioned into apprenticeship yeah, yeah. You know? Mm. I've I've witnessed through my journey in and out of the industry. So even when I've not been in the industry, but mainly for talking about the hair industry, at how particularly we talked about putting on a mask and actually that become a bit of an addiction. There was many times in my career where, as we know, we serve our clients, we serve our team, and you've got to put a mask on crap might be going on on the outside of your life and for me that was depression anxiety suicidal thoughts and all the time or many of the times I had to put on that mask and act bubbly happy da -da 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 -da, this happy-go-lucky person this vibrant person but little did everybody know actually how I was really truly feeling and so that got addicted for me and where I was getting addictive was because I was putting on this mask, putting on this role. Everybody expected me to be in this certain way. And over a period of time, I started sharing, well, actually, I'm somebody that experiences depression. And they're like, really? Uh, but I wouldn't think you're somebody that would experience that. And so then I shared more. And as time's now gone on, and you talk about yourself going, well, this is me. This is me who I am all the time. Well, I know that I'm not a high vibrational person all the time. You know, I go in and out of being actually quite calm and peaceful. And then I can be really hyper. But it also depends on who I'm connecting with. And I, I remember yesterday actually at work, it's quite interesting. We're talking about this now. Yesterday at work, I had my first client was a little kid. So I had to be really like quite gentle and a bit fun and playful and but not a big and elaborate but actually match that kid on that level and and I was just quite a calm peaceful state that morning my first two clients there was no hype in that conversation with those clients and one of my colleagues said oh, are you all right for this today and I was like yeah why he said oh you just seem seem off and I was like oh no I just haven't had that client in yet that sets me on fire and so you talking about you're this person all the time when reflecting on myself, my energy definitely goes high and low, high and low. And I know that is my given state. It's, I know I can be at home and sometimes I can be putting the music on and pumping around. And then other times I'm just in Zen mode and it's, and none of us can be the same throughout, but also from what I'm seeing from you, it's you're saying, no, this is Lee all the time in terms of 
the presence that you give and so it's interesting we've got you you're an individual and I'm an individual and yet both of us being exactly who we are all the time totally different people and that's what I want to normalize so in my kind of coaching style uh, this is a really tipping point in transformation in our industry right I think if we can get this one we transform the industry. It's normalizing the fact that it's okay to be you all the time. The reason I think it it hasn't been normalized is again, like you said, this the should word, like I try to get rid of the shoulds, it's or needs. Like we need to serve in this way. It's like, okay, we need to normalize people understanding how they want to serve firstly and realizing that that's okay. You can't please everybody. If you want to serve in one particular way, that's fine. We need to, I, I feel like that would be a great thing to normalize. Secondly, normalizing the fact that you are who you are and you will attract the people that you need to attract. Now, this hasn't been a common frame in the last 10, 20 years. It's only just becoming, and I think one of the reasons is because we haven't appreciated and respected boundaries. Boundaries have not been respected in the hair world. We're seen as a servant and you need to meet me where I'm at. Okay, but in the sense of that, okay, in the short term, that might be all right. But in the long term, this is what I said on that reel. A lot of people will lose themselves in the pursuit of trying to save the industry or please a client or please everybody. It's like try not to lose yourself in the moment because that's a fast track to depression and resentment and hating the world and and hair and and everything. Absolutely. I've been there. Yeah, same. And I think that's one of the big reasons why I hated it. The actual craft of haircutting, I love. You give me a dolly head and I'm just doing some haircuts. Great. I'm in Zen mode because it's a practice. It's a framework. It's a system. But then you put me in a place where I've got to act and put a mask on just to please that person in front of me. Hmm. I, I don't know if I agree with that anymore because that's a disrespect to a boundary. If I just want to be Zen monk mode today, okay, you have to respect that boundary. And because I equally respect yours. Yeah. And that's the push and pull of life. And I, and I think it's a really beautiful way to come. And my coaching style is that I help people to learn a system to choose their life, not have their life chosen for them. Mm-hmm. So previously, what happened to you and what happened to me, we had our life chosen for us. Because being told that you have to put on the act and you have to perform. And I, I've heard great hairdressers say this on podcasts. Yeah, hairs, it's a performance. You've always got to be on it. No, 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 because that's a fast track to depression and horrible shit happening in your life because you lose yourself in the pursuit. So now I'm in a world where I get to choose when I turn that on. If a client comes in and they're high energy and I'm like, yeah, screw it, I'm going to match it. Like I get to choose that because I'm so okay with my set point. Mm. I'm like, I understand boundaries now. I understand conservation of energy. I understand nervous system regulation. I understand that I can't lose myself in the pursuit of trying to please everybody else. And that all of that encapsulated is stage five leadership because it's magic. What happens when you do it for long enough, my clients look at me and go, how do you do it? How do you do it? And I'm like, well, welcome, welcome to the world now, because I will now help you understand what I go through and and how I regulate it. And it's transforming my clients' lives now. And I say this in my education all the time. I'm not just in the space of coaching professionals. I believe I'm obliged to coach my clients now as well. And that's where I'm at is coaching people to be great clients because there has been this imbalance of energy and and respective boundaries and all that kind of stuff. So, and 
I was very careful for a long time about how, how I approached that because I didn't want to come at it from a place of righteousness because yeah. a lot of people can mistake it for righteousness. Oh, who do you think you are? It's like, and the client's always right. And I'm paying you the money. It's like, yeah, I know. But we both woke up the same today. We yeah. both woke up as humans. Yeah. And I, I, and Owen will attest to this again. I used to say to my clients, I'm like, what did you do the first thing you woke up this morning? They're like, open my eyes. I'm like, huh, so did I. I'm like, did you take a big deep breath and look out the window and go, oh, the sun's up? It's like, yes, yeah, so did I. So that means we're more alike than you think. We're both humans. We're just having an experience here. Back to your point of having a human experience. So it's normalizing all the little things in between. Yeah. Worst thing ever we want to be is the same. The, the biggest fear I have is being the same as everybody else. Why? Because it gets boring. Mm. Like it's just so boring. And I don't like what I see. Mm-hmm. I don't like what that does for a lot of people. We've got to be the change. And and that is what, and that requires stage five leadership. And I said this at a talk the other day, I went to the disrupting the hair industry talk and I got a moment to speak on the microphone in front of everybody. And the thing that triggered my thought pattern was somebody on stage said, I don't think it's going to change. Now I see that from a place of disempowerment. And I said, can I challenge you on that thought? I said, I think it can change, but it's us that is going to change it. And from the profession, from the inside out. And that takes a level of coaching. Yes, you can be the change that you want to see. And that is one of the most simple things, but it's not the easy thing. And and we have that line in our coaching. It's simple, but it's not easy. Mm. And that's like hair. Hair is simple, but it's not always easy. And Dr. Robert Grant says this all the time. He says, more judgment isn't going to cure the world's problems. Embo- embodiment will. And that means what's it, that. what is embodiment? Embodiment is being the change you want to see because it, if it would have worked it would have worked by now if it was going to work it would have done it by now there's 8 billion people on the planet we've been around for god knows how many hundreds of thousands of millions of years if it was going to yeah. work it would have worked by now yeah so absolutely. embodiment and being the change you want to see i believe is the only way it's going to change we're going to see positive impact yeah yeah completely you also use the word empowerment in so episode number one um and I really loved how you was talking about how many people, when they see the word empowerment, they think of oh, power, I've got power, but it's completely not that. It really isn't. And I also loved how you were saying when you was talking to clients or in the hair industry generally, we play on, oh, what don't you like about your hair? What don't you like about this? And And actually now you look at it and go, okay, well, what do you like about your hair and how can we make you feel good rather than playing off people's insecurities? And it's taken us back to the personal development um, industry point that I made a, a you know short while ago in terms of the hair and beauty industry plays off of people's insecurities so much. And, and this is a big thing of why I don't like the hair and beauty industry actually because it doesn't feel good it's to me again it comes back to values it doesn't match my value and so it's really challenging being in an industry where many of my values aren't being matched but it's Mm -hmm. again coming back to going okay what I'm I I can be the change that I want to see and that's where I go, right, okay, that's where the a wholeness podcast comes into it. It's where I'm thinking about yoga and then also doing my meditation and breathwork course. It's because this is what I can serve. This is what I can bring into the industry to help see the change. And this is the thing with you and Owen is when you caught my eyes on socials 
I thought, geez, whip, I've got some guys in the industry that just got the same or similar vision and this is great. And it is that thing of going, okay, well, how can we empower our clients? How can we empower people within our industry? And through that and actually leading with that and embodying who we are as an individual, that ripple effect happens where people be like, oh, oh, like Owen and listen Lee they're kind of like doing their own thing and what's this about and this feels good to me and then get drawn into it and so forth and then it just ripples on out doesn't it oh it's it's so powerful and yeah like I just want to commend you for that like for stepping into that and because it's not an easy thing to do because we've witnessed that as well so like yeah that's amazing that you're embodying that as well but it's a really hard one for people to understand the the difference between disempowerment and the empowerment piece. And I think it's a very fine line and it's such a subtle shift, but it's so powerful. And even from the way that we talk to the clients, like you were just pointed out about, oh, tell me all the things you don't like. Who messed your hair up before? What? Because what that does is it turns hair into task-oriented hair. And, and what happens to the people pleasers in us and the high achievers, we all want to just see how well we can complete the task at all costs. And I did that for 10 years straight and I ended up having a bloody identity crisis over it. <laughs> so where I come from that empowerment piece, it, and I learned this from a guy called Mo Gorda, who was the chief business officer at Google X. And he was one of the first guys like in the AI world. And and he posed a scenario to us, he, a little thought experiment. He said, look, think, think about this. He said, his worry about AI is how people use it to create he says, so there's two ways you can create in the world. You can create from a place of lack or from a place of abundance. You can create from a place of disempowerment or empowerment. Nine times out of 10, when you create from a place of lack, it's bad. Because it's an at-all-cost mindset. You will do anything you can to cut down the next guy, to be the best, to get here, to get there, to do that. If we use AI in that way, it looks bad because we're going to be do anything we can to get ahead of that country to do that, to do that. Well, that's using it from a place of lack. He flipped the script and said, if we use it from a place of abundance, the world is different. And I, I look at creating that way as well. The same with hair. If we create from a place of abundance, it has a great appreciation from where we are now. We say, wow, isn't it so great to be where we are? How can we make this even better? That's such an empowering, beautiful, positive way to think about things. Same with hair. I brought that to hair. I was like, okay, well, instead of me doubling down on people's negatives, let's just start from a baseline and say, look, you are perfect the way you are. When you walked in this door, that's your set point. Brilliant. But it's we're in a fortunate place that we have the abundance that we have, money and time resources. Let's just have a bit of fun with it. Let's see what we can do and create something new from a place of abundance. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it's so powerful. And another line that I use in my education all the time is we've been talking about money a lot lately because it's such a trigger for a I lot of people. Yes. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. And, and we do it because it's thought provoking. It's a trigger. And one of my lines is, and this is the context that a lot of people don't get because this is the implementation piece. You know, it's not about how much money you make. It's how you make your money. It's more important about how you make your money. And when I bring the empowerment, disempowerment equation to people, I say, look how our industry makes their money is off of the disempowerment of the masses, which then turned into a billion dollar industry. And that's the reason why these conversations don't go very far. The conversations that you and I are having, because it challenges profit, it challenges the financial system and the whole capitalist way of making money out of our yeah. industry. 
Now, that doesn't make hair wrong. I, I always say this. The thing itself isn't wrong. It's whatever utility you give it. So I believe life is about a bunch of choices. Okay, we had to make all of the choices we made to get to this point. We can equally make different choices. And that right there, if you open your mind to that, people open their mind to that, we can create a different future from abundance. Yeah. And, and if we just step into that with stage five leadership, life gets magic. But the tricky bit is we've got to go for our conditioning, our patterns, our trauma patterns, the world, the things that we believe. And that challenges people and that gets scary. When we're challenged, we get scared and we revert right back to our systems again. So I can't help but have compassion for it. I can't help but have the utmost love and empathy for it. And that makes me want to stand in my leadership even more because I'm going to be the change I want to see. Yeah. That's it. And, and I think you can only do for others what you've done for yourself, right? I forgave myself so much for so many things. I let go of so much judgment on myself. Like part of the reason I grew my hair out for three years was the fact of me just letting go of image. I didn't want to judge myself on image anymore. Yeah. And what happened was I ended up having three most powerful years of my life in that time. So who knows if that was coincidence, but you know, you can get into the yogic version of why they have long hair. It's on an energy practice and debate with myself. Did I have more energy to give to empowerment and all these things come up and yeah, you can only do for others what you've done for yourself. So that's where my life is at right now. And that's kind of what the embodiment of 101 education is. And, and my coaching group is that empowerment piece. And that's why I call it embody is because what do we need to embody mm -hmm. to change life from the inside out? Yeah, yeah. What do you feel like you're going to now embody even more so in the last quarter of the year leading into the next year? uh non-judgment so not and mostly on myself so non-judgment in the form of and this goes right back to our conversation at the start of what did i learn from tony robbins i think this is just me joining dots in my own psychology i think one of the reasons why i didn't utilize the practice of bring my energy back up was the fear of taking up too much space now i i got this from a, a psychologist called flint skidmore that i follow and he does this beautiful therapy called parts therapy and he said there's a fear in some people of being too loud and taking up too much space and that was one of my conditioning patterns as a kid you know it was like be quiet be good don't make too much noise here don't speak to this person it was there was a lot of fear around that and i think that's why i i didn't ever work on bringing the the volume back up again so what i'm going to embody in this next this last quarter of the year is non-judgment on myself of being louder and stepping into that power of not being afraid to take up too much space yeah that's it really it's, it's easier said than done <laughs> it's easier it is easier said than done definitely and it's coming down to the awareness and we can make these changes within ourselves once we've got the awareness without the awareness we can't make changes right and by you just saying going to tony robbins seminar that awareness came to you and had have you not gone to Tony Robbins that awareness might have come to you in maybe a year's time or three or maybe two months time whenever but now that you've got the awareness you've then got the option to either do something about it or not do something about it and mm -hmm. knowing us too and, and Owen we choose to step into that and go okay well now I've got this knowledge I'm going to utilize it I'm going to use it I'm going to work with it and like you say, it's not an easy journey sometimes because it also then begins to challenge some of our limiting beliefs that we still have. Because 
limiting beliefs are always potentially going to come up somewhere along the way because we've lived x amount of years until we get to the point of wanting or finding personal development i'm eight years in my journey of personal development and i'm still unraveling traumas i'm still unraveling limiting beliefs and i don't know i don't know is that is there a question saying are we ever gonna not have any limiting beliefs or are they always going to pop up i don't know it's an interesting one isn't it because you think you could get rid of one limiting belief and then pop another one comes up <laughs> i i don't think they ever go away i i've come to this conclusion that i don't think they ever go away i think it's developing your relationship to them and with them and I love there's that thing in psychology called the Dunning-Kruger effect, whereas it's like the more you learn, the more you realize you don't know. And uh, I, I feel like that's personal development. The more you learn about yourself, the more you realize, oh, shit, there's more, there's more, there's more. Um, and I, I love what you said there. Awareness is a whole conversation in itself. Like mm. Owen and I, I always talk about how do you bring people to the door of awareness, like just to the gate. And they can push the gate open themselves. You know, it's like, but it's hard just to bring people to the gate of awareness. I mean, I don't really have a proven way to do it, but yeah, I, I think one of the things for me is developing that relationship with my limiting beliefs and realizing that they're always going to be there and mm -hmm. just try not to worry about them, you know, care about it, but not worry about it. Um, yeah. and, and that's huge. Yeah. It's really huge. And being at peace with it as well. And I think coming back to that, the, the topic of meditation or the word meditation through meditation, that's what we learn, isn't it? We learn to just let go of, a thought, a feeling, emotion, a story, a judgment. And as you're saying, as you're work, working through these unlimited beliefs, it's actually just going, oh, okay, that's an unlimited belief that I've got. And and that's okay, but we can change that and I can learn from it. And it's just one of those things. It's going, right, now that I've got that awareness of that limited belief, how can I now actually believe the opposite? Mm. And that's the thing. That's that. That's a tricky journey as well. Um, have you heard of uh, Melissa Maskey? You know Melissa. The the name rings a bell. Mm, so we, I, I highly recommend looking up her work. She's in the hair industry. Uh, she's mm -hmm. an award winning hairdresser. Mm -hmm. I think she won Victorian hairdresser of the year at one time. Mm -hmm. But had her own breakdown and breakthrough um, mm -hmm. years ago. Was bed bound for twelve months because she spent a lifetime of wearing the mask and it eventually destroyed her. And she became uh, an Enneagram specialist. So she went and studied the Enneagram and she now specializes in the Enneagram to help people realize the mask that they're wearing. Um, so yeah, she can help you discover where the patterns come from. And, and she does these little like thought journeys and, and I, I, I do it with myself and I've, I've seen it in other therapies as well, but it's basically tracing the voice. So finding the voice mm -hmm. and, and people ask me, what do you mean by that? It's like, well, whenever we have a limiting belief, it's often only ever one or two voices. There's someone saying it to you. Rarely is it you. And most people think, oh, it's my ego, but it's actually came from someone, whether it was a parent, a friend, a teacher. And, and oftentimes that was when we were quite small. And so these journeys of following the voice and finding the voice and meeting it in the mirror and, and just acknowledging it and having awareness and empathy and love for it and then bringing it into the modern world and asking it if it's still true. This is what I do to myself. I find the voice. I think, oh, okay, so that person said it. There it is. It's painful. And then I get to ask it, is it still true? Mm, oftentimes it's not. Yeah. Oftentimes it's not true anymore. So I, I then get to break up with it. I say, okay, thank you, but uh, not today. And 
that's the awareness around it. When it comes up, I get that moment. Yeah. Aha, yep, there it is. And it can happen in a split second. I can let it go. Um, and it comes from a deep awareness of your values and, and what you believe in. You know, I stick things on the wall and I write things down every day. And it's just that constant reminder of who I am um, truly. And I, I love, there's another guy called Peter Crone. I love his work. He says a lot of people don't actually know who they are. It was like, you know, most people, everyone's talking about, oh, I'll be my best self. He said, what I say to people is you become the best version of your limited self. Most people become the best version of their limited self. And it's a harsh one to hear, but it's so true. If you don't really get to the depths of who you actually are. And again, like we've just been talking about preferences. Who am I when the doors are closed? Who am I in my quiet moments when I don't want to be the high vibration or whatever? If you can't get comfortable with that person, you you will only ever be the best version of your limited self. Um, so these journeys are important. They're painful journeys, but they're important journeys. Yeah, yeah. That's so true, isn't it? And one thing I'm thinking of in terms of you talking a lot about the people that you coach, is this something that you're actually wanting to go into more as a thing long term, continue to be a coach and bring people to these awarenesses and these conscious moments? Or do you envision yourself fading away from that and doing something different? Because obviously you've gone from working on the floor competitions your editorial work to then education to now stepping into the the coaching side within the business as well so is that a vision that you're seeing like actually as like the next few years five years ten years or is this leading to something different that you know about or Mm. are you unaware of what that next route is or are you really happy in the space that you're in now yeah, I'm really open to seeing where it goes to, where I can see it next. It focuses in the hair industry right now because that's my crowd. Those are the people that know me. But I would love it to grow to to gen pop and help general population. Um, now that's going to take some growth and some awareness and marketing that in the right way uh, and becoming that people to understand me as that person. But yeah, I, I love that space. Um, I think there's so much power in it because it, it feels very aligned. It feels to me like that's how I can bring the most value. I think I'm still quite limited in the hair world. But then again, I think it's such a good playground for it because there is so much limitation there. If you can make the breakthrough in the hair world, you can make the breakthrough in anything. So, yeah, this is where I see it right now. Look, I'd love it to grow into other things, but I'm I'm also open for the change. You know, I'm I'm happy for it to all go away tomorrow. I, I, Owen and I say this all the time, like we're so content in who we are that if it all goes away tomorrow, that's okay too. I'll happily go and become a farmer or something. You know, I'll go and start an organic vegetable farm or whatever. You know, I, I, I'm happy to let things move and change and, Again, I'm the guy that can be happy with less. Obviously, I plan and I have goals and I have a direction, but it but it's always open to change. And I think the thing that's brought me to that is I could never see this happening. Like I never thought ever I would be in this position. So I'm open for it to to change. And here it's, you are. It's really cool. Here I am. Yeah. And who knows? Like I can't see it happening anytime soon. But maybe I will go back to doing hair at some point. Maybe when money's not an issue and things are running smoothly in the background i might just go back to doing something creative and and just enjoying that moment so yeah who knows yeah who knows, who knows?
Well, thank you, my love. I appreciate all the chats and everything. Oh, no problem. We could go on all day, I think. <laughs> I know. I would love to be able to get to come and see you and Owen together in person. And, you know, Owen and I was also mentioned about us three doing an episode together as well, which would be pretty cool. So, yeah, um, well, we'll do a power pod. Maybe we'll get you on our podcast and just do the power pod. That'll the power cool. pod. Yes, I love power that. Pod, just, have, just have a round table and just no yeah. no set limit just go for hours <laughs> hours god could you imagine put this the world to right oh sometimes you just want to keep on going and going and going but actually an episode does have to come to an end yeah yeah that's hard really hard yeah sometimes i listen to some of my old ones i'm like god you're going on a bit but <laughs> i know that i think that's the power of podcast right is the ultimate personal brand like this is where we yeah. get to be ourselves Yes. completely and truly um it's not filtered it's not curated it's it's we just get to talk and and that's the best thing ever yeah I, I welcome all of it and it has been a lot of acceptance in that for me as well I just let it go wherever it goes and just be me in yeah. the moment Absolutely. sometimes you get gold and sometimes you don't yeah yeah and that's and that's okay that's, and that's all okay gotta just let it be right <laughs> exactly let it go oh awesome well thank you my love i really do appreciate you jumping on thanks so much for having me it's been a great great chat definitely what an incredible human lee is it was such a pleasure to connect with him and i have no doubt we will reconnect in the future along with owen i hope you gained a lot from this conversation and if you found this episode helpful enjoyable insightful or even catchy please do share it with your friends your family co-workers post it on your socials and even leave a star rating or review the greater the audience the greater this podcast can get you can follow a wholeness podcast on spotify and apple even find me on socials at the yoga barber on next week's episode i bring you rebecca latouse yoga teacher and foot lover and of course in the meantime stay tuned and stay real join me every wednesday for a wholeness podcast i'll catch you real soon peace love and light